Season 1, Episode 11. Tonight, we take a ride down the Hudson River once again to Putnam County. We'll trek through the northeastern woodlands and discover bizarre stone structures shrouded in mystery, whose construction and purpose has long been lost to time. Who, when, and why. We'll discuss theories ranging from boring colonial-era wine cellar, to portals to different dimensions, to real-life hobbit holes, to pre-Columbian transoceanic contact theories about St. Brendan the Navigator. It's getting a thumbs down from Nick, I'm surprised. We might hear some UFO and child people stories along the way. It's Wednesday at 9pm. Welcome back, boys. It's a lot of stuff to unpack. It is a lot, a lot of, of stuff, stuff to, unpack. to unpack. This story was recommended to me by Sarah, actually. Kind of like um, tomorrow. Who's listening in right now, it looks like. But Nick, which is more to unpack? This Don't episode, or <laughs> I can't believe you said sure. that, Aaron. That's what I'm like. For context, uh, Sarah and I just moved into a new apartment, and we have had no furniture, furniture, or anything for five days now, going on six, seven. Um, so hopefully that'll get settled soon. So this episode is definitely thrown together a little bit. So I have poured countless hours, and I hope my employer doesn't listen to this episode. Of course they won't. Um, I didn't do a lot of work today. I did a lot of typing into Notion today, I'll say. Um, but it's a wild ride. Yeah, it was, like a, it was a lot of hard me. work. Kind of went crazy. Um, but in terms of announcements, we're officially at episode 11, even, even though at the time of this recording, episode 10 has not even been out. It's very late, but we'll get that out. Um, and I wanted to give a shout out to Sarah because she found this story for me and did a little bit of initial research before handing it off to me. So thank you. Thank you. Any shout outs from you guys? The usual shout out to uh, Fallon and the shout out from Nick wonderful. to Troy. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, without further ado, I want to quickly get through this so we can get into some nice discussion. I'm going to drop a picture into... Actually, I'm going to drop the link to my whole page of notes. I want to start this off with a question. What were ancient people capable of constructing? So to this day... Pyramids. You say pyramids? Well, to this day, we, we have debates about that, right? People still question the building of and the purpose of Egyptian and Mayan pyramids, the Moai of Easter Island, Stonehenge, just to name a few different places. And so as you listen today, I want you to think, what things that are common to us in our day and age, in the 21st century, what things are going to be debated over centuries in the future? You know, like are people going to, are archaeologists in the year 3000 going to look back at like toilets and be like, yes, ceremonial, ritualistic worship sites. You know, like what are they, what are they going to think? You never know. Toilet. You think that people won't need to use the bathroom? No way. I'm calling it now. Write it down. No way. All right, listeners at home, please okay, remind us in a thousand years a reminder? to uh, check back. It didn't even hear me. That's AI for you, folks. <laughs> That's going to be around the world in a thousand years. But okay. So yeah, keep that in mind. And whoever's at the root of today's mystery, I find so interesting that whoever they were, they were just normal people at the time. They weren't thinking about the confusion they were going to cause hundreds and thousands or decades later. So we're going to return to the Hudson Valley of New York State, and we're going to discuss the mysterious stone 
chambers. So Aaron will be pleased to know that there are many different perspectives here. I'm going to start with a description of these Thank chambers goodness. and then get into the theories from least crazy to most crazy. Oh, perfect. Yes. Perfect. So I had no idea, but as it turns out, scattered across many different states in the Northeast, and even some outside of the strict definition of the Northeast, there are hundreds upon hundreds of forgotten stone structures throughout the woods. In fact, it's been estimated that there's at least half a million miles of stone walls. I know, that's crazy. In the Hudson Valley? In the Hudson Valley, most dominantly, and in New England, Connecticut, uh, Massachusetts, even some as far as like Iowa, um, just the entire New England region. Half a million? Half a million miles of stone walls. I know it sounds crazy, right? Nick's giving me a look like, what? I swear to you. I, well, I have all the links for this. Look, look at I my, my I sources. I don't know that that makes sense. Isn't the U.S. only like... It, the U.S. can't possibly be that wide even. So you're telling me that there's a half a million Maybe miles? it's... No, it has to be... Maybe it's feet? I don't know. We'll confirm that The later. circumference of the Earth is an even... <laughs> okay. 50,000 miles. <laughs> Let me check my source on that then. Wait, I think it's probably feet. <laughs> <laughs> it was that i'd be a little wait, bit more see. inclined to believe it was constantinos he told you yeah, that wait 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 Five hundred thousand miles okay wait a minute no i'm not crazy i'm not crazy no i'm yeah, not no, crazy you are crazy it doesn't they're not lined up in the circumference there it's just walls still that's 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 to the moon and back there's no way the horizontal width of the United States miles is 2,000 miles. Walls. The vertical length, 1,500 miles. Dude, I'm telling you, I will give you my source. I mean, I guess, but... Here you go. <laughs> I love how Sarah's laughing, like, look, here are sources. I'm sending you sources. Put them in the show notes. I'll put them in the show notes. New England is crisscrossed with thousands of miles of stone walls. That's enough to circle the globe four times. Ha. Anyway, that's still not 500,000. There's okay. People estimate that there's at least 100,000, and those estimates have doubled over the years because those estimates were done like the 1930s, and they found at least double the amount of structures. Okay, this is going to be fun to cut down in post. <laughs> oh, okay, no, this I'll, is we'll all cut down the, the pauses where I'm doubting, where you guys are making me doubt myself. No, they're... You made a bold claim. We needed to check. And it's true. That's a bolder claim than I ever made. Hundreds of thousands yeah, I mean... of stone walls in New England. <laughs> Two light years in length. Okay. <laughs> I will say that the uh, area of the United States is 4 million what is square so miles. So you mean to tell me that... 10% of the United not, States I, is stone walls that have been that's forgotten. Not, that's not how that works. That's absolutely how that works. Why is it so hard to believe? Think about how many, first of all, think about how many structures there are in North America. Like the fence outside? Yes. Imagine how many fences there are. How long do you think an average fence, fence is? They're uh, not depends on what you're using it for. I'm not talking about one stone wall that circles the globe ten times. I'm talking about 
structures that have multiple walls in small areas. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Okay. We're moving on. In the woods. In the woods. This is the least confusing part of my story, guys. This is the this is the foundation. These exist. Ooh, this is probably the this is probably the most confusing part because the rest will make total sense. Portals and shadow people it sounds it good gets, to me. It gets so confusing. It gets very confusing. Um, okay, given that we all agree that there are trillions of miles of stone walls entirely within the Hudson Valley, New York, southern New York, right? That's the the source of our mystery for tonight. Who built them? Why were they built? And all the weird stuff that happens around them. Now, one of the most interesting distinctive structures that are found uh, are termed stone chambers. And these are one-room chambers. And they're built without any mortar or any stone-cutting tools, it seems. So there's no marks of tools usually. But there's expertly fit stonemasonry. And they're often capped with megalithic, as in ginormous, stone slabs. Right? And they're usually built into the sides of hills or are partially underground. So literally think of a hobbit hole, like look, kind of looking like a hobbit hole. Just not as nice. Just not, definitely not as nice. And you could see, yeah. Probably not as Usually round. the tops are capped a bit, which does factor into the, the story here. From your picture, I, I'm just thinking of like Jesus's tomb. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Mormons do believe Jesus did come to America. So, so oh my God. Was Jesus buried actually? That's in theory number six B. Jesus's burial in the site, Hudson Valley, in the Hudson Valley, New York. So these range in size from ten to thirty-three feet long, generally with a, a width of about ten feet wide, and the height of a person. Some of these you have to stoop down into. Some of them you don't have to stoop into, but they're small, they're large, and interestingly, all of these sites either face directly east or west or lined up very particularly. Uh, the insides of the walls are curved to the top, which is a very difficult thing to pull off, especially without mortar or any sort of thing. It's difficult engineering feat. And around these stone chambers, there are often other stone constructions. Cairns, which are just pillars of stone. Standing stones, which are just stones. Uh, walls, balanced rocks, all that stuff, right? Now, the weird thing is, whatever, stones in the woods, ooh, a big whoop. But the design and form of these walls is not found anywhere else in North America. Anywhere else in North America. And there are basically no written records about who built them, when, why, at all. There are a few written records about maybe people talking about someone who talked about who some, someone talked about, someone talked about who built them. There's no written records of them. So, like I said, these are all over New England, but we're going to focus on the most amount of stone chambers in one area, which is in New York's Putnam County, which is a county right above Westchester. So pretty far down south. Right? And right below Dutchess. There you go. For you geography buffs out there. And we're talking about the east, east of the Hudson River, which is a very rock-strewn area called the Hudson Highlands. And it's a very shallow layer of earth, and underneath that is a very thick granite bedrock so you can literally just go through the woods in um, putnam county and you will find hundreds of these stone chambers out and about often in different levels of disarray in ruin some are totally destroyed some are still built built up 
And oftentimes they're totally just plowed down when new land is developed. And they put buildings up, they put roads, and they just destroy them. They, they get... Well, that's why there are so many haunted things in the Hudson Valley. There you go. All right? They, they have no they respect, no respect, whatever. Case closed. <clears throat> so we're going to get into the first theory, which is kind of like... Now, there's some scientists in the chat here. So let me know if, if I'm using this term right. The null hypothesis? The null hypothesis. I'm getting a thumbs up and a nod at the same time. Okay. You were actually getting a thumbs okay. down. Well, the sure. null hypothesis. I don't want I'm science say, here. <laughs> want science, is that these are just boring old colonial era root cellars. So this is the standard opinion, or was for the longest time, and it's still taught, and it's what the locals in the area generally believe, and whatever. And this is the idea that, well, they were just built by colonists to be sellers for like produce and wine and cheese and milk and all that right because they're built par partially underground they can stay cool during the summer and they could stay warm if you cover them up during the winter right so the claim is that they were just used to keep apples root vegetables later on ciders and wines whatever and supposedly there's some oral history from putnam county in new england that confirms this but really when you look into it that's just people saying my grandpa told me back in the depression times they use these chambers whatever but it doesn't confirm anything about when they were actually built right so can i ask you a question Frank, of course before we dive too much deeper so you're telling me that it is preposterous that these things could be a wine cellar preposterous but because that there is a lack of first-hand accounts but you mean to tell me that there's more concrete evidence of every other theory that you are about to present yes. today and in fact i'm going to propose a new theory that no one else has proposed before at the end which relates into my last episode um if you just oh my God, it's novel research yeah novel research there's no no support whatsoever i'm just entirely coming up with it myself but yes now you could say well there's no evidence that the colonists built this because colonists didn't write i just you know they didn't write in the journal i just built an outhouse today i just built a stone chamber today for my wine right so that's a fair point right you're not going to necessarily write about every single thing you make and build whatever but these stone chambers are in extremely rocky areas totally devoid of any sort of you know farming land in the middle of nowhere they're extremely uh, densely populated in particular areas and not in other areas where there were more farmers at the time uh, a variety of different reasons like that right but that's that's like the base theory that we kind of have to prove wrong here because that's stupid and boring so theory two native american sacred sites all right now while there's no written evidence of them being built there is a letter from 1645 written by a certain john pynchon of springfield massachusetts to a certain john winthrop jr of connecticut and in part of that letter, he says, Honored sir, understanding you are now at New Haven, and supposing there will be an opportunity from Hartford for conveyance thither, I make bold to scribble a few lines to you. And he goes on to say other stuff. And then, sir, I hear a report of a stone wall and strong chamber within it, made all of stone, which is newly discovered at or near Piquet, uh, now known as the Gungwam Range. I should be glad to know the truth of it from yourself, here being many strange reports about it. So that letter was from Connecticut, and it really implies that Europeans found a stone chamber 
that was in Connecticut, uh, at what's now known as the Gungwam site, or Gungwam site, and there's a bunch of them there. Uh, so that kind of implies that they were around before any European colonists, right? Or at least a few of them were. So potentially colonists came upon these in the woods and just used them for wine cellars and for storing of harvests and all that, but they didn't build them themselves. And the Native Americans in the area at the time were the Wappingers. Um, they would have owned that or controlled that land. And upon closer inspection, we started to learn about all the weird properties of these stone chambers. I mentioned that they were facing east and west. As it turns out, they're aligned with different astronomical phenomena. All the, the stone chambers are aligned with the spring uh, or the, the equinoxes and solstices. So only on those days in particular, when the sun rises, the light, the rays of the sun line up perfectly through the center of the openings of the chambers and light the back and the perfect, uh, <clears throat> a perfect angle. Meaning they were designed to be facing the equinoxes and the solstices, right? Question. Yes. Were were all these chambers chambers? They're just empty. That's a great question. Yeah. So they're pretty much all entirely empty. Some have been found with like small stone benches. When I say mm-hmm. benches, I don't mean like wooden legs benches, like literally just stone slab benches. But generally, they're entirely empty. There's really never if ever any uh, tools found nearby or inside no sign uh, no signs of how they were built or how the huge 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 stone slabs were brought and dragged over and built put together without mortar um yeah so generally they are empty though nowadays if you go you'll probably find candles and stuff because the local pagans the wiccans and the people who think they're witches and warlocks, for reasons we'll go to in a minute, think that they're very special sites and try to perform rituals there. You know, we're all Catholics here. Could don a certain type of attire with a big red cross on it and helmets <laughs> and start the crusade once again. <laughs> well, uh, let's clear out these stone chambers of any spirits as, as the, the firing uh, yeah. blow. I'm in agreement with Nick. I think we should uh, transition this podcast to like a vlog and we just vlog us going all down the Hudson Valley, destroying any signs Chasing of Chasing down paganism. the local uh, Wiccans with their crystals, holding the cross first their crystals. Exactly. <laughs> the power of Brain. grace compels you. That'd be there was a, actually, I, I recently watched, <laughs> this is going to go off a little bit on a please, tangent. Please I recently do. watched an episode of Scooby-Doo. Specifically, be cool, Scooby Doo, which our friend Ryan really hates. Really, it's not that. Why bad. does he hate it? Yeah, he doesn't like the animation. Anyway, oh. they went to Salem, and the whole town was like starting witch trials again. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, maybe we need. We can do that here. Yeah, maybe we should do that. We don't need witch trials. True. Burn we'll them. see if they float. Right. That's it. Throw them in the. No, isn't that? If they can bench more than me, they're good. There you go. I'll do something like strange spell no it never works um but yeah right so these these are the sort of reasons why witches and or modern day witches 
start to be drawn to these stone chambers because if you look a little closer, there's some weird stuff. They're aligned with the equinoxes. Some of them are aligned with particular constellations. You can see them perfectly through openings, right? So obviously you're going to make the argument. I don't think colonists were uh, building their stone chambers to store their wine and root vegetables and apples. And then being like, but on the equinox, the sun will come up perfectly here and light up this perfect circle that it will make the wine taste make the fantastic wine taste fantastic now you might be poking holes in that hold your thoughts if you are because we're gonna go back and try to pick these apart and i want to figure out what theories you guys most believe in i'll tell you which ones i most believe in but um yeah you could say like that sort of con that sort of construction doesn't happen unintentionally um and this theory was suppressed for a while because it was considered that uh native americans were too stupid to uh build large stone structures without tools, without mortar. Uh, they were too uncivilized. They didn't have the knowledge. But over the past few decades and, you know, even century or so, we realized that that's a pretty bad take. And it's not true at all. Native Americans were totally capable of, of building structures this complicated. And they were very in tune with uh, astro astronomical phenomena signs and they took it very seriously and, and uh, many of the different cultures took it very seriously so that's not a super crazy idea perhaps they are native american burial grounds maybe they are sites for rituals maybe they were erected to help tell the time the seasons you would know when the equinoxes and the solstices are because they were constructed at that angle nick shaking his head you think that's stupid I feel like if they were, that's why I asked if it was empty there. I feel like there'd be some kind of like sundial or some like equip, like old school, like equipment like that. Well, I mean, think about if these were built by Native Americans, uh, and you're thinking of like time period. Well, Native Americans have been there for a very long time, yeah. thousands of years. So the colonial theory is like, oh, they were built a couple hundred years ago, right? But if Native Americans built them, it doesn't have to even be like, modern Native Americans or modern as in like, you know, colonial era Native Americans could be so ancient that even Native Americans at the time of uh, the colonists and the European arrivals had forgotten who built them, right? And who constructed them. And at that point, it's difficult for some evidence to be left behind. Uh, at some sites, I will say, they have found evidence of some Native American, potentially presumed Native American remains. Which doesn't imply that they are burial grounds and imply, you know, and some of these people have died there or maybe been buried there. But again, that doesn't imply who built them, right? Because you could have something that was mm -hmm. built 10,000 years ago, you come across it and you use it, but it doesn't mean that you built it. And it doesn't explain what it was built for. How old were these remains? Those remains were discovered, unfortunately, in the late 1800s. And so they just had to assume that they were Native American but they had no means of uh, testing them at the time. Okay. That was in uh, Massachusetts, I believe, that those were found. But in general, there are usually no signs of tools. The things that are around these stone chambers, though, do imply that like they aren't just wine cellars or built for wine cellars because there often are other things that look like ritual stone pillars or like altars sometimes or, or standing stones. Evidently, there are lots of areas around these stone chambers where you'll just have like perfectly balanced, huge, ginormous rocks on a handful of small rocks. 
And the scientific consensus is like, glaciers did this. It's definitely glaciers deposited these rocks perfectly balanced. And then people will be like, no, it wasn't a glacier. It was ancient aliens. No, something Native Americans or something like that. You know, um, it was the Wendigos. It was the Wendigos. <clears throat> Supposedly, Puckwudgies are said to love these stone chambers, and there are a lot of stories of uh, Native Americans coming across Puckwudgies, the little, little creatures, kind of like goblin-esque creatures, not just little people. They're kind of more like devious than that around these stone chambers. Yeah, little almost imps. like little imps. It's one of their, it's some of their favorite uh, stomping grounds. But again, there are hundreds alone in Putnam County. Like you can just go on hikes and come across them. In fact, I'll link in the show notes. If you just Google Stone Chambers Putnam uh, Putnam County, you'll find dozens of videos of people just going on hikes, recording them. It's actually kind of cool, kind of eerie. And they'll go inside and, you know, it'll be loud birds outside. And the moment they step into these chambers, it goes completely silent and, you know, dark. And it's, it's pretty cool. But they're just in the middle of the woods. Unfortunately, some are vandalized and graffitied and destroyed. Um, Ancient Native American. Yeah, so it's, there's a lot of interest. Graffitied in them? Oh, that graffitied them, you're saying? Yep. Oh, actually? Yep. <laughs> hold that thought. Because we're going to go to theory three. <laughs> there's no way. Now, what if it wasn't colonists? It wasn't Native Americans. It wasn't colonists because why would they care? It wasn't the Americans because they're uncivilized. They can't drag stones. They can't build this. So who could it be? Well, what if I told you that some people over the years have noticed similarities between the stone chambers of Putnam Valley and that of chambers in Ireland, Portugal, and Britain? So supposedly, even more so, there have been some inscriptions found on some of these stone chambers that's similar to those found in Ireland and the Iberian Peninsula, as in modern-day Spain and Portugal. So hear me out. What if the Carthaginians of ancient Roman time... Oh, your favorite. My favorite, the the greatest enemies of, of Rome, who eventually lost. They were a maritime nation in the Mediterranean. They were always at war with Rome. They would have needed vast amounts of timber for their navy. And Rome controlled most of the forested area of of Europe at the time and the Mediterranean. What if the Carthaginians sailed and found North America, the woodlands in the Northeast, and found it was very rich in in iron, in uh, wood, Let's say they constructed these. I don't know what for. I don't know, just for little dwellings or something. I don't know. But let's say it's the Carthaginians. Or maybe it was the Vikings much later on who traveled there. Now we have evidence of Viking settlements in Newfoundland. Leif Erikson. I'm sorry, what did New, you just Okay, Newfoundland, it whatever it is. Newfoundland, whatever it's pronounced as. Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Okay. Like the doll. Well, like Leif Erikson Day from SpongeBob, right? Exactly. Exactly. So these sorts of crazier ideas come from 
uh, armchair archaeologists in Putnam County who really love the area and are just like old retired people that like do this research for fun. But there's one particular guy I want to focus on who really hammered into these theories. And he is the genius scientist, Dr. Philip Imbrogno. Now, he claims to be an MIT theoretical chemist, PhD, uh, physicist, master's degree in like physics or whatever. Um, He claimed he was like a Green Beret in like the Navy or something, all that crazy stuff. And he's been researching this for years. And he claimed that the alignments of the stone chambers with the solstices and the equinoxes and the Celtic inscriptions suggest that ancient Celtic druids traveled to the Hudson Valley and set up these shrines. Now, he also points at evidence that, this is interesting, if you take compass and other, Aaron, you might know this, you might not, what are some devices that you would take to uh, detect like magnetic fields in the wild? Yeah, like out, wild? outside. Uh, well, is a magnetometer a thing? Like the ancient people, I, I mean, I think so. I don't know. We didn't do a lot of uh, E&M. What's E&M? That's more like physics, electromagnetics. If that makes sense. We didn't, we didn't okay. do a ton of that. Well, I think electro, but... electromagnetor, electromagnetor, magnet. I mean, a compass is a good one because it follows the magnetic field of the earth. Yes. So if you bring compasses to these stone chambers, in many of them, compasses will go crazy. And there's very odd magnetic field um, anomalies right at the bases of many of these stone chambers, like the door frames, right? So the implication there, of course, is they were built purposefully on these locations that have magnetic anomalies. Or maybe somehow they're causing them, but I think that's a little crazier, right? But the idea is that ancient Celtic druids picked up on these anomalous sites and built these chambers to point them out to serve as mark as to serve as markers, basically, right? Now, there are some unfortunate things about that theory, but before I before I kind of um talk about that i want to say that in the early 1990s according to uh martin breck who was the hudson valley coordinator of the new england antiquities research association in uh 2001 when this was written he claimed that on a student uh trip to one of the chambers in putnam valley a student found an artifact it was an obsidian knife and it was sent in for testing and it was claimed that it came from Greenland and was determined to be of a shape and design of ancient Druid use. So I was like, whoa, look at that. But then, of course, the uh, knife disappeared after testing. Mm. <laughs> How convenient. You hear that a lot, right? Nick, can you think of like where, where, where do you hear like what kind of other phenomena? I think of one main one. Where you have evidence and then it goes missing? Yeah. I mean, anything with aliens. Anything with aliens, Bigfoot stuff. There's always yeah. like 
we had a cast or we had a tuft of hair. We sent it for testing and they came back and they said, unknown. But then they refused to send the test sample back. Ooh, um, everyone's like, really? Yeah. Even in the even in my first episode, the guy that like took pictures and then he developed them and then there was just nothing in the picture. And then he still put it in his book, right? Or No, this was first episode. That was first episode. Oh gotcha. The the cemetery. cemetery. What do you make of that? People I don't why would you even post it if there's nothing in it? That's weird. So yeah, when you hear stuff like that, like, and then it disappeared, so obviously you can't prove it, you can't confirm it. What are you supposed to make of that? Uh, that's very, like, very frustrating. But to really nail down on this ancient Celt theory, supposedly this uh, Dr. Imbrogno was uh, able to, like, transcribe the inscriptions on one of the chambers. And he claimed that it was a writing um, that was a prayer or dedication to the Celtic god Bel on the festival festival of Beltane, which was celebrated on May 1st traditionally. Now, most historians... Oh, Nick's, Nick's giving the time out. Yeah? So this guy is a PhD in physics or chemistry or whatever. Please, please. He is a PhD in theoretical chemistry. My mistake. From MIT. Every picture of him, he has an MIT shirt on. So you know it's true. Oh, okay. But he can also read ancient Gaelic? Um, it was... Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <clears throat> I also have a question about this this professor's uh, now, credibility. Before you say it, he's a, he is doctor. a very prolific UFO researcher, if that helps his, his credentials. Okay. Um, not especially because you didn't mention, and I don't know if this is your research or his, but compasses are very much impacted by iron. And you said that Putnam County is very rich in iron. Now, I would think, you know, me being a measly master's student, this highly educated Philip guy. He would know. Well, that. you're you're proving him right, Aaron. Yeah, he didn't write about it. You're proving him right. You're saying that the stone chambers are built on top of the strong iron deposits. Could be, but what is it? What does that say about his credibility that he didn't? Even what do you mean? Think about that. Oh, that he didn't think about the iron. Yeah. yeah, I think his implication is that that's why the iron. That's why the magnetic interference is there, but. It's weird that the stone chambers are built exactly on top of those hot spots, whereas you can't just walk around and be like, mm, oh, oh I, oh, I feel it here. Oh, I feel it here. You know what I mean? But that's, mm. that's a good point. I mean, yes, it's like not the craziest thing that the place that has iron ore has weird magnetic disturbances. That's a very good point. But it gets even weirder. Um, so this guy claims... Weirder than iron? <laughs> So this guy claims all these things, right? He claims he's reading this, whatever. And going further in this, I saw Nick click, the, click something in the notion that says, <laughs> you saw that title there. So most mainstream historians and archaeologists say this is the stupidest theory and there's no evidence for this. But they don't realize um, there are other 
triangular stones in Massachusetts at a place called Mystery Hill, which is called like America's Stonehenge. And there are other people. There's been a there's an actual uh, real professor from Harvard, Barry Fell. Why did you say, say like what? that? Actual uh, real professor. Hold that thought. <laughs> <laughs> and he he claims to be a translator of ancient inscriptions, and he supposedly found a stone tablet in one of these chambers in Massachusetts. Um, and his conclusions were that one of the inscriptions was Libyan. And it was difficult to make out what it said, but it looked like it was, um, one of them was Libyan, one of them was Iberian Punic or Phoenician. So like the Carthaginians, or the Phoenicians would have written it. And he claimed that the structures there were inscribed with things saying that they were dedicated to Baal on behalf of the Canaanites. And he popularized this idea in his book, America BC, Ancient Settlers in the New World, that ancient mariners crossed the Atlantic Ocean to trade, explore, settle over here. And he claims to have translated inscriptions found all over the East, showing that the Iberian Celts, right? So the Celtic people who started off in the Iberian Peninsula, settled in New England 3,000 years ago. And he goes into this whole, I'm just going to call it a fan fiction, uh, that they started their whole like kingdom in New in New England three thousand years ago called I don't know if it's Largalon or Yargalon I don't know if it's an I or an L. And he claims that settlements continued up until like the early days of uh, like the Roman Empire, um, so it lasted about a thousand years. And he claims that like Phoenician and Egyptian traders made regular visits to the American coast and intermarried with native people to become the Wabanaki of northern New England. And he claims he's found inscriptions showing this, right? So he and this other guy, Philip Imbrogno, have claimed to read these uh, these conscript or these inscriptions on all these different stone chambers in the area. And they're able to put together this whole story. They've published books. They've published research papers on this. Gone on and on and on. Um, unfortunately, though, when other people look at these other experts in linguistics and language, they look like um, just like scratches. <laughs> they just look like scratches on the wall. <laughs> to be to be fair, my handwriting probably would have been your three D sketches definitely. <laughs> Yeah, if I tried to sketch Ball and the, the Canaanites, it would. And that be is a mess. good point. But so, um, other experts have said no. That's just uh, like literally someone looking at scribbles, like scratches on like a piece of stone, and like writing like paragraphs upon paragraphs. Basically, <laughs> like like someone walked in and accidentally had their keys sticking out and scraped a stone chamber like 2017, and they went. You know, you read it, whatever. Or like, there, there might be just markings from glaciers, right? And to make matters worse, I was convinced on this glaciers. theory, because I thought it was so cool, until I found a very heated letter from the Highlands Historic Preservation Society, which is in Putnam County, and they're a nonprofit dedicated to preserving the area. The area's hidden historic resources, mainly focusing on the stone chambers. 
And this is a cool thing. There are a lot of nonprofits, a lot of groups in Putnam County and the other areas that these stone chambers are in that are trying to get the government to protect the land and protect these stone chambers, regardless of how they were made, who made them, just to preserve them as for you know their historical significance. Because most of the locals tend to not care. Like you'll find these in your backyard and you'll just like put your trash in it. Like literally just use it to store your lawnmower or your trash or something, right? Or they're knocked down for land development. So I found out um, from this article, you know, let me just read this. This, this. this letter article they posted is titled George Baum's Vandalism Policies Rebuked by New York's Environmental Protection Agency Chiefs. And this was late October 2014. And forget George Baum, it's local politics and stuff. But the second paragraph says this. In 2010, vandal and fraudster, Dr. in parentheses, Philip Imbrogno, and his protege, Rene Fleury, threatened registered archaeological sites located on properties owned by the New York State Department of Envi Environmental Conservation and the New York City Department of Envi Environmental Protection in the town of Kent, Putnam County, New York. Imbrogno had previously planted foreign objects in the King's Chamber in Putnam Valley, the largest stone chamber in the area, in his attempt to support his theories on its origin. Imbrogno had claimed to hold a doctoral degree in theoretical physics from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and undergraduate degrees in astrophysics from the University of Texas. He also claimed to have served as a Special Forces Green Beret officer in Vietnam and an act of stolen valor. All of these claims were false, as verified by MIT, the University of Texas, and the U.S. military. Fleury, who also fabricated her educational credentials in addition to painting graffiti on the Mount Ninham Fire Tower, also told a large crowd in Brewster that it was fine for anyone to, quote, dig around on these archaeological sites. It goes on to talk about how Philip Imbrogno tried to get a bunch of people together to like start digging up on private property and on like city property property these stone chambers and stuff and the implication here is that he is the one who planted the knife <laughs> in the, the, of the story i mentioned earlier that the student found he planted it there because he led tours to different places he led tours for years to these stone chambers. Basically, I I was like, what the heck's going on here? I looked into this, and this guy is a complete, utter liar. He is a super prolific UFO researcher who completely made up all of his credentials whatsoever. It was a huge kerfuffle in like 2011, I think, or 2012 when this broke. He like went into hiding. He denied stuff. He disappeared for a while. And ever since then, he just came back and has been publishing books still, but just quietly. This guy did not go to MIT. He is some random dude from like, I want to say Connecticut. In every picture he ever has, he's wearing an MIT shirt. In fact, on my, I'll have it in the show notes and in my notion notes. If you scroll, you'll see a picture of him. I saw it earlier. Standing I was when this would pop up. <laughs> with his MIT shirt on, standing on a on a stone slab on while on a from a New York Times article that references him because he is referenced by New York Times. He's been on the Sci-Fi Channel. He's been on the History Channel. He's quoted all the time. He's made appearances on podcasts and no one had ever fact-checked him. Fact 
checked him um, for many, many, many years, for decades, I think, until he's all of an sudden, older he's looking exposed. guy too. He's he's at least if he's still alive, he is in his I believe eighties. Um, mm. So yes, he is an older man. He was most famous for publishing a book about the Hudson Valley UFO sightings with Dr. Hynek, who was a super well-known UFO researcher name back in the day. And we'll talk about that in a second. So, an actual doctor. An actual guy, yeah. That puts a wrench in his theories. He isn't the only one who claims that uh, this ancient Celtic theory could be true. But unfortunately, the other um, professor I mentioned, Barry Fell, the archaeologist, um, no one in his field respects him or agrees with him. He's kind of an outcast. Um, but he's not taken very seriously. Uh, so you can't really trust what he says either. However, there's still many people who are very convinced that there's a very strong Celtic uh, and Druidic connection to these stone chambers. That's why they're super popular with modern day pagans and neo-pagans and Wiccan, Wicca, I don't know the right terminology here, but those sorts of people. Many people have claimed to see shadow people when they visit these stone chambers. Uh, when they enter the stone chambers, some of them they claim to feel very, very rejuvenated. Some of them they claim to feel very, very drained. And um, to this day, People will meet there all the time and leave stuff and litter stuff and do all sorts of weird rituals inside these chambers. Um, so that's well, that's at least that's not like sacrifices. That's good. Yes. Um, but now we get a little crazier. A brief theory, which is very cool, a very cool idea. There is a suggestion that there was once a saint. St. Brendan, the navigator of Ireland, who was obsessed with traveling to try to find the, uh, basically like the new Garden of Eden. He was convinced that there was somewhere on earth that was a place free of disease, free of death, um, that was left for the good people to find. And the legend has it, somewhere between like 500 to 700 AD, that he set sail to the ocean with 17 monks in search of terra repromissionis sanctorum, which is translated in Latin as the promised land of the saints. What's interesting when I looked into this, if you look into the story, and this, this could be an episode all on its own, like the legend of St. Brendan Navigator. He like comes across different lands and weird people and like all mystical things happen. There's a whole bunch of, you know, References to the number three for the Trinity and seven and 12, all that stuff. It's definitely allegorical. But this theory has been promoted in Ireland and the US over the last few decades and centuries as kind of like a pro Irish thing that the Irish discovered America first. <laughs> they were the first ones. It wasn't Columbus, it wasn't uh, any other Europeans much later on in the 14, 1500s. Not the Vikings. It was not the Vikings. No, no. It was the Irish. It was a saint. And supposedly, St. Brendan the Navigator is patron saint of like the U.S. Navy or something. I don't know if that's still the case but for a time. And of uh, end of the scared because he was very brave. So if you're scared, pray to St. Brendan the Navigator. 
Now, there was there were papers presented different places at Harvard by like, you know, pro Irish researchers, but there's not too much evidence for this. Though some say that they found petroglyphs, rock carvings, that is, consistent in the style of like Roman British symbols from like the sixth through the eighth centuries. Supposedly those include the symbols that represent the name of Jesus. So the Cairo, which is the capital P with the X through its lower stem. If you think of like that symbol, which is um, the first two letters of the word Christ, I think in Greek. Um, supposedly another rock carving shows a Byzantine Greek symbol chiseled to the stone in some of these stone chambers in the area. Now, of course, you can say those are just scribbles or maybe those were added later on. But um, one interesting thing to note and that theory on is that it sounds crazy that people could make a transatlantic um, crossing back then, right? In the first millennia AD. But in 1976, the British explorer Timothy Severin successfully sailed a leather boat which was the sort of boat that would have been used at the time, from Ireland to Canada to prove that such technology could withstand a transatlantic crossing. And he survived. So in theory, it is very possible that little leather boats, uh, they were made of wood and then covered in leather, could get you across the Atlantic to North America. So and you, you just know. need to get from Canada to the Hudson Valley on foot. Uh, if you could get to Canada, you can get to... The Hudson, Hudson Valley, River. right? Get to the Hudson River, go down. Definitely, definitely. But it is possible. Okay, so there's that. And now into the, like, the most crazy idea, UFO bases and portals. This is the meat and potatoes of Frank's yes, oh, research. Definitely. Now, you guys might not know this, but Putnam County and the surrounding regions, Westchester County to its south especially, historically have been ufo hotspots now unfortunately none of us were alive when it really blew up but the 1980s saw a huge wave or flap as the uh as they call it in the ufo world of strange sightings of ufos over the skies of southern new york and the most notable event and now this is not something that's kind of like um <clears throat> fringe history Straight up New York Times article from 1983 talking about how during that summer, the most notable event, at least 7,200 witnesses saw and reported, called in police reports frantically, they reported seeing a football field sized boomerang shaped object lit up with lights. Think of like a city street with like all the different small lights surrounding it. Floating through the sky. Freedom units. I love it. I love when people describe things as other It's a very American thing, right? That's helpful. Football field size. It like really That's like an is. American unit through and through. In in my uh, Hexameister's Hug story, that was also used as a unit. It's like about one football field's length away from the bridge. <laughs> yeah, like... I remember mentioning you that. You can't just say like 100 yards. What is 100 yards? People, Americans know a, fo- a football field's length, you know? But imagine that. Can you just imagine the football field-sized object in the sky, like gliding silently, and seven thousand people? And that sounds insane, right? Like, 
But no. In 1983, over the summer, people claimed to see that. The government said it was obviously uh, test flights from the uh, Air Force, whatever. Um, that didn't line up with anyone's, you know, experience of the sightings, right? You had objects in the sky right above the area of these stone chambers being super concentrated at in Putnam County. UFOs that would just hover in place silently with lights that would flash red, green, white, different patterns. Now, I don't know about you guys, but planes can't hover stationary in single place. Helicopters can slightly, but uh, they're very loud. Uh, and these things were cited as being like sometimes just house length above, right? Like skimming over trees, like touching oh, the yeah. tops of trees. Not super, super, super crazy up like an airplane, like that close, lit up, ringed with lights. So you could see the shape of these things because of the flashing circular lights that are changing colors. Frank, you know what's interesting? What's it? So this happened in the 80s, this whole big flap. You know what else happened in the 80s in the Hudson Valley in Columbia County and Greene County? The Kinderhook Creature. The Kinderhook Creature. You're right, and, Nick. And a lot of this research, what o- yeah. What always shows up in UFO flaps? <clears throat> Bigfoot does indeed show up with UFO flaps. Now, All it's the a theory time. of mine I'm interjecting right now. Maybe these stone chambers are like, Stomping grounds of uh, Bigfoot. Maybe he says where he sleeps at night. <laughs> Different big feet, if you will. <laughs> they just throw it together. Now he'd be. Wait a minute. This makes total sense. Hold up. He's huge. He's strong. There are multiple of them because they're sometimes multiple sided. They'd easily be able to build these huge stone. You know, throw these slabs around, put them on the. Roof. I think you just solved it. I, I, you know what? Let's just end the episode here. Honestly, I think it's just Bigfoot. All right, thanks, uh, guys. This was a great episode. It's Wednesday. Yeah, that, see you next Wednesday. But um, yeah. So it's very interesting the UFO connection here, and as it turns out, I didn't realize this. People still see and report UFO stuff all the time in the Hudson Valley, especially the southern area, right above where I live. In fact, this whole UFO flap in the 1980s. Everyone would see these UFOs on the Taconic Parkway. The Taconic. Mm. I dr- I used to take that road every single time I'd go upstate and downstate from school. I would take yeah, that road. I don't know why you did that. It was the worst one. It's very windy. It gets, you know, it's very scenic. There's very few places to stop. If you have to pee, you're screwed. That's why I take the uh, throughway now on the other side of the Hudson. But honestly, after hearing this, I'm like, wait a minute, maybe I should take the Taconic so I can like get abducted and wake up in the stone chamber with like bigfoot you know how, caressing how me. close does the taconic uh how close is it to the, to the hudson? hudson yeah i think it's pretty close it it definitely follows it along on the uh on the For, right yeah Gen- yeah because um, you know yeah. all the you know the old occult like idea of you know running water all the all these things happening yeah. so it's when you it's, say, oh, yeah, all these UFO sightings are happening in this area where there's a giant river. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yes. Um, so it's closer to the Hudson, to, uh, the more south you go, which is where these things were yeah. mostly sighted. Checks out. And in fact, 
supposedly a lot of these stone chambers are built on top of uh, water sources too. They're like there's running water underneath. That's the thing that comes up a lot in UFO stories, in um, just high strangeness, poltergeist ghosts stuff. Ghosts even. Ghosts yeah. even. People, for the reasons, associate running water with weird stuff, with paranormal events and energy and all that sort of thing. Those things. Um, Yo, Frank, I have a question. Yeah. How does this um, next theory of like, oh, yeah, maybe it has to do with being near the water. How does that play in with your published research about extraterrestrials and their need for water? <laughs> so I'll, I'll say this. Um, if you want more information on that, you can go to hollowmoon.info. Hollowmoon.info. It'll be linked in the show notes. It's a great resource. But yeah, so building off of that, this connection with UFOs and all different weird stuff, there are a lot of people who believe that perhaps these stone chambers are built on hotspots between dimensions. Perhaps these stone chambers were built by people who detected that these were spots where the, the barriers between the worlds were thinnest, were weak. Maybe this is where Native Americans did their vision quests in these very spiritual areas. Or maybe this is where some claimed um, Native American shamans would go to astrally project themselves. As psychic vampires. As I imagine. As vampires. Um, other people have claimed that these could be portals for extraterrestrials. There's no evidence whatsoever for that. I don't know why they think that, but it's a great thought that these stone chambers in the middle of Hudson Valley, like one day you'll just like, you're like a zoop, like a, like a gray alien will just walk out. <laughs> He's like, like, like it's like, Rick and Morty. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like stooping out. There's just a portal. That's why it's empty. It needs to be clear for the portal to form inside the stone chamber. Um, New Agers have adopted many of these sorts of beliefs about these being thin places between dimensions about portals to other worlds being here either to go or to receive. And that's why they perform lots of these rituals and, and stuff there and obsess over them. And a lot of the people who care about the preservation of these stone chambers are also kind of into that, but not everyone. Some people who want to preserve these just want to do it for the sake of preserving, you know, local history. Um, but yeah, modern day Wiccans and such, they're most they most often believe that it is the Celts that built them as shrines and that potentially nowadays they are used by UFOs as entrance points uh, or exit points to our world. One of the promoters of that theory was uh, Dr. Philip Imbrogno, though, so uh, there's that. He did go to MIT, so maybe you trust him. I think um, I think I, tr I, think I trust does... a whole coven of Wiccans before. Yes, coven of Wiccans. I think they're called a but coven. But he, he purchased... A, an MIT shirt. He did purchase many, many, many MIT Memi. shirts, which is he is a memmy, honestly. Um, and that's that's kind of all the theories that people have reported. The other ones I've heard, which haven't had uh, a lot of detail, are that they were either <laughs> I see built, one of these, Frank. Yeah, <laughs> oh my goodness, they were either built for or at least used by our runaway slaves. Um, during like you know part of the Underground Railroad. I don't think they would have been built for that, but maybe they maybe they were used for that. I mean, they are just random like stone chambers in the middle of the woods. There's hundreds of them just in this one county. 
I mean, <clears throat> I get the idea behind it. Like, it's a nice, like, stopping point to, like, rest and... It would be cooler you know, maintain, in the summer, you know? Yeah, maintain cover. But the problem I have with that is that's a lot of building to do very quickly. It definitely is. Yeah, whether it's from it's, farmers or... Yeah. Like... The Underground Railroad, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was only like over the span of a few years. Correct? I don't remember my middle school history, which is not good. Or was it like a few decades? Maybe? Well, the Lincoln, I think it was over decades. Surely it was over decades and decades leading up to uh, emancipation. That's, that'd be my guess. If anyone is. Well, link in the description for the, the Harry Tubman. Um, right? Is she, isn't she something? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, no, I so I don't know about that. But other theories are that they are they were built by witches as their dens, just like Sarah's episode last uh, week. Maybe they were built just like um, let's see if I can remember her name. Something Tubbs. What was her name? And and no, something Tubbs. Angeline Angeline Tubbs building a little hovel, a witch hovel in the woods. Maybe there's something like that. Though these are way too expertly constructed to be like a single person moving stuff you would not physically be able to move slabs like this with yourself even with a handful of people you need to have some sort of technique right now the most interesting theory i think is uh i just saw the word atlantis that was as much detail as uh, i could find (laughs) atlantis maybe you guys could fill in atlantis can you think of any connection here with atlantis um hudson valley leads directly to Atlantis. New York City is actually Atlantis. Think of all the things that happened there and what led to Atlantis's downfall. Oh, makes no. Sense. That makes sense. Manhattan is only going to sink into the ocean one of these days. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and F- Florida sank. Oh, and what do you know? California broke off. Oh, Such no. a shame. <laughs> They're their own countries now. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. I believe it's the idea that there, you know, Atlantis was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And when Atlantis had its devastating catastrophe, whatever it was, many people who escaped could have gone to North America. But I don't know why they would build stone chambers on the magnetic hotspots facing the equinoxes. Over iron and water. Over iron and water in very particular, like, these these hundreds of stone chambers aren't equally scattered across like the Hudson Valley. It's like only in very particular region of Putnam County. It's very it's very oddly arrayed. Um, so yeah, and of course Bigfoot hovels, which I think is probably the most likely, most down to earth um, theory I, here. Yeah, it really explains the construction. It, can, it explains the uh, lack of written report. Uh, anyone that came across these probably be eaten. So. Yeah. Uh, we didn't find Bigfoot diaries. Ex- yeah, we got to find Bigfoot diaries. Maybe that's what the scratches on the walls were. Bigfoot trying to throw us off. Putting uh, Kairos on the, the walls. Um, but those are all the theories. And the last thing I'll leave you with is that there's a Facebook page, which will be linked in the show notes, that um, has some interesting comments. It's just dozens of pictures of these stone chambers. It's really cool to see all the different kinds and the different sizes and the different levels of just, you know, falling apart that they're in. And one cool comment I saw is that Mark Bliss said back in like 2016 or something, 
I had one under my kitchen in Lake Peekskill. There was a four-foot door in the basement that led to it. Just had a pop, like a... What does he mean by that? (laughs) And this one by Terry Callahan. Now, this is ominous. I don't know what the tone of this was, but I'm going to read it like this. This was on a random picture. If only they knew how important these were. Terry knows something. (laughs) What does Terry know? What Terry knows something. He knows something. Or or he knows nothing. And he's like, oh, if only we knew. That's true. Yeah, I really don't. So there's a lot of debates online about what these are. And um Yeah. Whether they are they were used by Native Americans or colonists, you know, that's not really up for debate. They were used by the people who found them. But who built them? Why did they build them? Why did they build them in the places they did? And why is there no evidence of tools and um, and such, and why do they line up with all the different astronomical phenomena? We will probably never ever know. There really haven't been detailed archaeological digs, excavations, and research into it. There's not a lot of interest um, from the scientific community in these stone chambers. There have been some, and there's one really good resource I'll link in the show notes by some like magazine, like a scientific journal or something. Um, that kind of dismisses all the weird stuff and goes, nah, no way, it's impossible. <laughs> um, but yeah, no one knows, and we'll never know. But I will visit some of these chambers. You you guys should come with me. They're pretty straightforward hikes. Some of these are along the sides of roads. Some of these you have to actually hike into the woods. But they're all over the place, downstate. So hopefully we'll we'll get to see them one day. But with that, I'll open it up to you guys. What are your takes? What are your... What- <laughs> What are your takes on the different theories, I guess, is what I want to know. Nick, do you want to start us off or you want me to start us off? Uh, or should we both go like theory by theory? What's yeah, the let's, opinion? Let's go theory by theory. Let's start with number one. Boring. <laughs> yeah, boring. <laughs> Who cares? Number one being the colonial root sellers. Yeah. Which like most sure. plausible theory, but more than also, Bigfoot? like... More than Bigfoot, Frank. Why? Well, you well, all the Why colonies actually had a so many houses. Bigfoot protector at each colony. Mm. It's not very well known. Well, yeah, the thirteen original big, f- big <laughs> <laughs> the thirteen Bigfoots of Scooby Doo. How does that, ex- that doesn't explain the uh, the Bigfoot Amish war, where they're on opposite that, sides? That was in the eighties, though. That was in nineteen eighties. You're right. That was much later. So, something that was nineteen eighty one in Pennsylvania. Something must have gone very south. Oh, there are stone chambers in Pennsylvania as well, I should say. Okay, never mind. Um, we're fine. Maybe the Amish knocked down some stone chambers, and that's um, what caused the, the fight. But actually, yeah. like, talking about it, it would be weird for them to build so... Like, why not build a, like, a very... Are they pretty scattered? Yeah, they're they're in the middle of extremely rocky woodlands. Like, they're not near farmland. They're not built near where they would have been used, right? Like, why not just build this in your backyard on the edge right. of your property? Why not? And so even if they were root sellers, and like they were like colonies were kind of like, yeah, there was probably subsistence farming there, but a lot of it was helping each other out. So why wouldn't you have like one large root seller, like for the colony, like, like a granary kind of. Oh, that's interesting. 
I, I think yeah. So was this meant? Is this like oh, this is like my our family's root cellar, and we sell these things? Is that more of the idea, or keep I mean, it safe for us to eat? There's there's oral history that old families use these to store their stuff. Okay, some so it was claims family, not yeah, cotlet, uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's family. no claims that like. There's no written records that they built them, but they right. definitely did use them. A lot of these actually have wooden doors built into them that gotcha. most likely were added, or you could say, you know, were added when it was constructed by the colonists or were added later on. Like people found these stone chambers and were like, well, I'm going to put a door on this. This is good. Mm-hmm. This is convenient. I found the stone chamber. It's going to stay cool during the summer. Let's Let's put a door on this. Yeah, I'm thinking that's most likely what it is. Like, I do think they were probably used, but like you said, they probably didn't build them because there's no rhyme or reason to build a wine cellar like that. And now that, I think, is where the Native American theory comes in. It prob- they did. They probably built them. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a believer in this theory personally yeah i think because they're i mean all you and also like in the like the common trope of like native american like burial sites it's like now these are even different because they're not necessarily burial sites but native americans had all their like they had very specific religions and beliefs some animism probably so we know you'd have to probably talk more to like a native american about it but i definitely could see them and like you said they 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 were around in the americas thousands of years ago they definitely could have built them yeah no that's that's fair what do you think aaron i would also like to point out that ancient people native americans you know egyptians all these ancient cultures and civilizations they were insanely smart like nah i think they were insanely smart compared to us nowadays why i mean you know how little resources they had to realize the things that they did realize like oh all of these are above iron like they figured that out maybe with compasses like that's pretty crazy and to figure out how they align with the solstice without having an Apple watch to tell them what day of the week it is. (laughs) That's also pretty crazy. Like very good points. You'd have to be pretty darn smart to know something like that. And I think there's a lot of examples of that in history, like with the pyramids, like those were very intricately, built and it was not an easy task so and obviously with these no mortar makes it more difficult to build so like i think it was them native americans yeah do you think um what explanations do you think could be for the them being built on top of magnetic field oddities just by chance or some way I mean, could could there be ways? I don't know how you would sense that. Like I mean, with, without modern, or not even modern technology, but like compasses. Like, there's also, I mean, this is stretching, but 
there is like the whole uh water diviner i you know idea native americans being very spiritual may have done similar things to look for minerals and water so interesting they could have had used like the the dowsing rods Dow- and things like dowsing that. yeah 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 so that's a cool idea like yeah maybe that they were able to be drawn to these particular part points and they were like yep this is what we're going to build these here and here and here do you think though that do you guys think these these would have been like like what, what were their purposes though let's say they were built by native americans it's really not clear i would s- what they were built for i would say like for like a ritual site almost so yeah, like what does that mean at a specific time of year they would perform a ritual important to their religion and hope that their connection to the cosmos was as strong as possible. Man, imagine like the, that. Lo- the local medicine man using them. The the um, there being a lot of them, I don't have a good reason for that. Yeah, hundreds but, just in Putnam County. Like I mean, two hundred, I think, roughly. Maybe. Okay, wait. You, hear me out. You can't just go to the doctors once a year. Just saying. What? <laughs> Imagine you have some like Native American shamans that use it for like a healing ritual. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it lines up now, but on a different day, doesn't line up. Oh, that I was kind of that's how oh. I was kind of thinking about it. But even take it one step more crazy, and it was just like if they were using it for like any kind of you know power to do anything, maybe they they drained it all. So then they had to go to they had to make new ones. Whoa! They had to like keep. It's like it was like a power source. Like they drained that area, so they had to like. Yeah. Like yeah. when you mine in Minecraft, and you're like, "Oh, that mine's all empty." <laughs> yes, that shaft's exactly. empty. I gotta like start a new one. You never know. Native Americans were. They had a lot of spiritual things happening. They they saw a lot of things. How? How? Oh my! They were. De- oh my God! No, they were defensive buildings. <gasps> they were forts. Hiding from giants. Hiding from giants. Oh my god! Wait, that kind of that makes sense because they're definitely too short for giants to fit in. So my Bigfoot theory doesn't really work because a modern day person would have to stoop a little bit in most of these. So that kind of makes sense. Protection from giants. You would need a lot of them. That's very yeah. fair. As for theories three and four, <laughs> I don't think. I don't really you don't believe, believe them. In Brogno? No. Three, I'm throwing completely out the window. Four, <laughs> maybe. But I think the Irish already have a cool history. I think they're just trying to steal some more stuff. Yeah, I don't know what. They can be like, we're really cool and our history is cool. I, I think. But they like St. Patrick. It's like pro Ireland propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> it literally is pro Ireland propaganda. <laughs> I. Slightly disagree with you, Nick. Like the Fomorians, they, they, you know, they have cool That's stuff. That's true. Their ancient mythology is so cool. We should do an episode on that one day. Nick, I slightly disagree with For you. theory four, we, we're in agreement on theory three, the mm-hmm. Celtic Druid tribe. Not exactly. Oh, oh my oh. God, you're crazy. <laughs> so the Celts, I don't think. I don't think they, they may have come to the Americas, but I don't think they came to upstate or downstate New York. Why not? For timber. Right down the Hudson River. It's like you literally like just accidentally for timber, find it. Well, that's the Carthaginians. They sailed across. Oh, still. The Northeast was in, across it's Woodland. It's the Atlantic River Ocean. Middle School? Remember Middle School? 
geography we're like no. our biome temperate rainforest whatever not rainforest that's not right temperate wait am deciduous. i right temperate rainforest forest. forest isn't it rainforest yeah but why would the, what was the reason that celts needed to come all this way i don't know man to set up there wasn't to, bu- to build came. the stone to build the stone chambers oh of course that's why um yeah no i don't think it was the celts I don't think it was the Carthaginians. But you think it was the Irish? I think it was the Vikings. Oh. Vikings, you know, That's we know they they came here. I'm not saying it was Vikings because I believe the Native Americans more than the Vikings. But, you know, similar concept. Iron, very important. Vikings, they like their, their weapons and their... Uh, battling you know yeah so it would make sense that they would want to find somewhere rich in iron which clearly this area was and you know if they make these little little maybe like mine shafts or something um by the iron deposits because you don't know the areas they cleared out because you said they're partially underground some of these are partially underground some of them are not there are some of them are above ground. Sorry, some of them are built into hills, and some of them are just partially underground. Gotcha. So yeah, but you never know, like what was there before, like in the space that this these structures now occupy. Oh, that's true. Maybe there is more iron than what's there now. Like, and they found a huge iron deposit and made a mine around it, and then just sealed it off when they were done with it. That's a very interesting take. Yeah, actually, I think taking that insane idea and being like oh maybe well you know yeah i mean the vikings did come I mean, to canada I, I, yeah i mean i definitely think philip is uh <laughs> has his uh tinfoil hat wrapped a little too tight oh it's so <laughs> tight man it's so tight um and i don't really think it was the irish either Wow. Like they have no reason to be there. Whoa. Wow. Irish people have no reason to be in New York. You sound like an 1800s yeah, anti immigrant well, Protestant. Well, now, well, you, you sound like a Protestant. Said the, it's like you said, like the Vikings got to Canada and you were like, oh, well, they got there. But then when the guy did his in the 70s, he went from Ireland to Canada. It still didn't explain him getting from Canada to the Hudson Valley. <laughs> Well, maybe he, so, he just wanted to get to Canada, but he could have ex- gone to exploration. No, Coast. no. But what I'm saying is, like, if 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 the Saint Brendan the Navigator thing is plausible, then the Viking one is also plausible because we definitely know they I got there. Mm, I don't think the Saint Brendan one's plausible. That I will say the right. the Celtic idea or the Viking idea. Vikings would be, I think it's around 1000 AD, give or take a few centuries, and that is. Roughly a little after the St. Brendan Navigator. That would be like 500, 700 AD. So roughly roughly the same time period, I'll say. You know, it could take a few hundred years. Celtics, though, yeah, the Celts I, would be like 1000 BC. Yeah, I don't know about yeah, the Celts. No, I, I don't think it was them. And now, as for you, I don't think it was Irish. Well, one Most, more thing yeah, about you, the Irish. You, I don't, like, why would they come all the way here? There's... No need. I can say so. They were yeah. They were fighting the they were fighting giants over there. <laughs> the uh, uh-huh. they weren't gonna come over here. I was gonna say so. They decided to press their luck with uh, sailing across an entire ocean. 
Yes. To meet yeah. more giants. So they're you, like, oh man. <laughs> you guys should like ironically look up. I'll send you guys links to the whole legend of St. Brendan, the navigator, because it's a really cool story. And he comes across like monsters and fights sea monsters and they fast for 40 days before the journey and Classic. God comes in, all that sort of stuff, right? The the reason they would do they would have done that is that Irish monks of that time period were for whatever reason super super um i don't, I don't want to say conservative because that sounds like like you know like political whatever but conservative in the sense of like very austere strict um to their faith and their one peculiar thing was that they were kind of obsessed with founding new monasteries in faraway lands that was like an irish monk thing that was like they just had a strong desire to dissipate into the world and set up new monasteries so that's the pur- purported reason that saint brendan would have set out um mm. to g- yeah. get to north america though and into the hudson valley yeah i mean yeah. also though yeah. wouldn't you have noticed some irish like not yeah being like stereotypical here but wouldn't you notice some like very irish looking features in more ancient people that have been passed down like what are you trying to say like i'm trying to say like you know beer, right like if the irish went there necklaces of green got, beads like no i'm saying like freckles red hair yeah pale skin versus the native american none of that <laughs> so they're supposedly they're supposedly like no i'm, I'm just saying this out of the top of my head, there are legends of groups of Native Americans that were more pale skins that were claimed to have been um, intermingled with Europeans super early, early, early on. There's like legends of that. Um, oh, so there was some, like there are like rumors and legends of that, I believe. But yeah, you would think that there would be not just that, but also like relics and stuff found in the area right that you can easily like pick up and be like this piece of pottery is just like irish pottery from the year 700 ad and you don't find that yeah so yeah that kind of supports what you're saying um and then i guess theory five ufos and portals aaron i'm not buying it (laughs) that's fair um i i don't know I like to give the the ancient people more credit. That's very than fair. Just aliens. Like I don't know. I just never fully bought into the ancient aliens theory. Yeah, people do associate with like bias against native people because it's like, oh, yeah. Old like the natives of X place couldn't build this complicated thing. Really you have to you have to come up with aliens did it cuz humans can do it versus yeah respecting like yeah saying and native americans were capable of building interesting things um, so it's very fair and normally you know i love all the crazy ones but at least for native americans and what i know and like what we learn in school we don't really learn about the real like like ancient native americans like when you when we start talking more about native american customs and things it's around like the colonial times or like right yeah, before we didn't it. really keep written records you know so yeah, yeah all we have so are written like, records wh- from like europeans 
Yeah, so it's like in the medieval times in Europe, what was going on in yeah. the Midwest area of the United States? What was going on in the East Coast, the West Coast? Like, we have no idea. So it's like... Isn't that cool? Isn't that so interesting, right? Like, there are these stone structures all over, the, all over New England. Who knows how old they are? They're on different levels of disrepair. What did they look like in, in like... prime. Let's say they were... Stand, let's say they were in their prime, like, I don't know. Well, I don't know what to say, like, like 2000 BC, a thousand years ago, 2000 years, oh. years ago. Let's say it's sure a thousand years ago, right? What did they look like? Who was there? Were there hundreds of people gathered around these? Was it, or was it one off, you know, like the witch doctor would go and, you know? But yeah, we have no yeah, idea. We have no records of that. Absolutely no I records. Will also, note at the bottom of your notion, you have that there are, there's, Hooded apparitions with red glowing eyes, small leprechaun-like creatures. Where did those show up? Yeah, so I could not find. So you, in all the references that you'll see, people reference like each other's references, and they're kind of circular references. I couldn't mm-hmm. find the source stories of those. If I can, I'll put them in the show notes before this goes live. Oh, okay. But okay. people will just reference that people have seen shadow people. Uh, gotcha following them through the woods uh encountered leprechauns i believe leprechauns are another way of saying like native american puckwudgies because they're mm-hmm. kind of transferable like little goblin creatures in these areas um because the hudson valley putnam county surrounding regions and in new england middle of the woods these are all like this overlaps with stuff like ufo encounters and little people encounters and shadow people encounters and all that so it's a lot of overlapping which i think i don't know maybe gives it more credence or less credence i don't know <laughs> it's i guess it's totally in the the uh the ear of the listener yeah, yeah. so i couldn't find the source stories for that but could gotcha. find could catch well with that in mind i do think that it was probably ancient natives built them and colonial people just used what they found is what i'm going with as much as uh i'd like to believe it was aliens or atlantis or ratlantis as much as i'd love to believe that uh i just don't think i think it's just the ingenuity and uh intelligence of ancient people what a, what a quote. What a quote to end on, Aaron. We're going to put that put that somewhere. Put it on the wall or something. Put it in the quote wall. Put it in the quote wall. Hang it on your fridge. I, I definitely can. Well, well, guys, those are great perspectives. Um, yeah, I think you've made... Many different Yeah, ways. many different perspectives here. I think your reasoning is uh, is solid. Uh, the facts and matter of that, in the end, hundreds of these chambers exist. We have no records, and all we can go off is is our uh, our speculation, and I guess Occam's razor, right? Like whatever is the simplest, it's probably probably true. And I think Native American theory does fall into that. I think it makes sense. So I'm never gonna lose hope of um, seeing a huge Bigfoot stooping, getting out of one of these chambers one day when I'm driving on time, or them being or forts. That the Native Native Americans built to fight off giants, uh, or or forts. Maybe I'll see some Wiccans, you know, lighting up candles and and you know half naked, doing doing weird stuff in the chambers. 
Perhaps. But so if you ever find yourself in Putnam County, New York, look online. A lot of easy hikes you can do to see these in person. Some of these are public property. Some of these are private. So be aware of that. But if you ever come across these, let us know. Let us know uh, how you feel and, and what you see and what you think. That's all for tonight. Check out the show notes and all references used via the link in the description. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you next Wednesday at 9 p.m. Seventy-two, sixty-five, seventy-six, seventy, thirty-two, sixty-five, thirty-two, seventy-seven, seventy-three, seventy-six, seventy-six, seventy-three, seventy-nine, seventy-eight.